my soul or given my soul because uh, he said what's your profit you, you have to think we're looking at profit and, and I like how he uses that word what shall it profit a man right if he gains the whole world but he dies and lose his soul so he's telling you that if you lose your soul that's the biggest thing that you can profit from. See, the biggest thing you can profit for is not losing your soul. But if you lose it, you lost it all. And people don't get that. You know, we, we're, we're talking about soul winning, you know, uh, so people can, can, can live again. You know, but if you lose that, there's nothing that's worth you losing your soul. But, but here's, can I play another side of that, that you direction? If you lose your soul, your profit was a loss. That's true. <laughs> if you lose it, if you gain, right. but you lose your soul, then what you gained was a loss. Right. Because you really didn't gain. You didn't gain anything. Yeah, you really didn't gain anything. You, you did not gain. Right. You gave up heaven for what's temporary. And that's what people don't look at is that this life is temporary. This life, the devil will paint a beautiful picture, but he won't tell you the end of the story. True. No, but at the same time, a lot of people think that, you know, they, I, I, I got time. I, I, got, mm -hmm. I, I, got, I got time. I'm young. I got time. I still got some time. What about these old people who yeah. think they got time? Yeah, well, true. Yeah, I still got some. I got some years on this old body. You know what I'm saying? This, this, in those times of speaking, I got some years left. But, but wouldn't today say that that ain't necessarily so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would think that those you 14 years, I mean, those 14 kids would be the ones that still had time. My daughter just posted something on Facebook. She said, Young people is not supposed to happen like this. And that's another thing. Not only are old people going to hell, but young people are going to hell too. One of the things we, we, we fail to realize is that we're not in control. Exactly. We're not in control. Of nothing. We're, of nothing. we're not the appointment set. It is appointed unto man to die once. But and after that, you're just. You're going to keep that appointment. Right, right. You're going to keep that appointment. The thing is, we, we live our lives as if we're in control of the dying process. And I hear people say this all the time. They say this, well, uh, if they go on vacation, they say, well, I'm not going to fly on that plane because <laughs> if that plane decides that it won't come down, you know, and crash, there ain't nothing I can do. You know, so I'd rather just drive my car because at least if I see there's an accident about to happen, I can avoid it because I'm behind the wheel. And I'm like, no, you don't get this. I'm like, you could be on a ship. You could be lying in your bed, sleep. You could be in the bathroom. You could be at work. You could be sitting behind the wheel of your car. And when your appointment time, see, that's, that's the thing you got to understand. If the appointment set, sets your time to leave you, You'll leave here when your appointment time comes up. You can't change it. And one of the reasons you can't change it because first of all, you don't know when it is. The other thing, he's not going to cancel it because he's the one set your time for everybody. And some people ask the question, well, why did this happen? And, and Lord, why? Why now? Why this? Why that? You know, when a person dies. I say, I can answer that with this scripture right here. It is, or it has been appointed. God has appointed our time. So if they go, if they die a certain way, if, if, if you just look at it, well, if they hadn't been in the wrong place at the wrong time, well, maybe she would, shouldn't have went to, uh, shouldn't have went to that club, you know, if she stayed at home, you know, or, or if he hadn't went fishing, you know, and just decided to just, you know, stay home that day. They never would have killed. Maybe they still would have been here today. No. No. You've been in the bathtub. 
doing your normal thing like you do, washing up every every morning or whatever. If God said your time is 12.01 and it's almost 12.01, you go right then. Because we have to understand we're not in control of whether we, how we live in that or when we live in that. We're not in control of that. God is in control of that. So you ride all the airplanes you want to. If, if it wasn't time for that airplane to go down, it ain't going down. If you're going to take a cruise, go ahead and take a cruise. Because when you get ready to leave here, it may not be on the cruise. It might be when you rode the bike around the block. I mean, you know, you're not in control of that. And so when we get to the point where we start living our lives more cautiously, because we know that our appointment time could be anytime, doing anything, then we'll be more cautious of it. How about? But if you think you're in control, you ain't going to live like it. How about instead of more purposeful, purposefully? Uh, a purposeful life because that's that that's what we're here for. Exactly. That, that's what he created us exactly. for a purpose. Exactly. You know, to, to, to do what we're doing here today. Yeah. In fact, and that's basically he created us, and you're right, Brother Sam. He created us to bring according to Revelation. He he created us to bring pleasure to him. Exactly. That's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And bring it don't pleasure. mean all that it, the, the, this is the thing, and this is the I am from I said before, I, I, feel, I felt like I was put on this, this earth to, to teach women a lesson. That's what, that's what God, <laughs> Samuel made God give, and that's what I, I, I put it that way, and that's what it's God giving. So God gave me, you know, to, to teach women a lesson on this earth. And now, I, for years, I said right. that. Until, you know, things began to happen. And, and this is the thing, and I told about my testimony, man. The woman that I talked to at church, she said, I kept listening to you. She said, one thing after another, you know, she said, I was just holding my breath, and you said another thing and another thing. She's like, oh, my God, what are you still doing? It's just like, you know, but I say it because that's God's purpose. It wasn't, it just wasn't my appointed time. Exactly. But at the same time, it, it's for a, a reason to say, okay, here, here I am. You, you can look at me and say, whatever, this is, that's my purpose to tell you. Even older people, because sometimes people get at older. I see older men nowadays, which is, just takes me to a point. You can be 65, 70 years old. You got Timberlands on, your pants halfway down your butt, <laughs> and your boots aren't even tied up. But you and you got a hat on with a bandana, and it's like you older, but 70 years old. And what what purpose are you? You're not young anymore. What have you learned? You're going backwards. Right. My old pastor right. said, ain't no fool like an old fool. <laughs> but let me, let me show you how true what you just said about we're not in control. This is a true story. I may have told it before. There was a young lady that said once she got 30 years old, she was going to give her life to Christ. Every year on her birthday, her friends, they'd go out to the club. And on the night before her 30th birthday, she said, I ain't going this time. I'm just going to stay here at midnight here. I'm going to ask the Lord to forgive me, come into my life, save me from my sins. But her friends came to the house, and they talked her into going to the club. She said, all right, I'm going to go, but at midnight. True story, mm -hmm. I'm going to leave. So she gets in the club and she's dancing and enjoying the club scene. And at 11.57, that girl fell dead on the dance floor. She was three minutes to each other life. Three minutes to living forever with you. At 11.57 p.m., she fell dead on the dance floor. Some people think that they in control. This rich man never thought about dying. You gonna die one day. The teacher, when she went to work today, did not think she was gonna die today. 
She's probably getting ready for summer vacation like most other teachers. And they plans and everything. Those kids did not think they were going to die today. That's the farthest thing from their mind. And now we have a generation of kids who are raised by a generation of kids in a sense who had parents that didn't make them go to church. So now this generation don't make their kids go to church. So we got two lost generations who know nothing about Jesus. The godly influence is gone. Yeah. Our children nowadays, they are gone. The only thing they want to do is Snapchat, Instagram, social media. They have no desire to learn. And this is not all of them. Right. But most of them. But if you look at most churches now, there are no children in the church. Or very few. What happened? What are children in? The Bible didn't say let your children decide whether they want to get to know God or not. They said train them up. Or bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In the instruction and the discipline of the Lord. Your children don't know who Jesus is. But they know how to do all this stuff. And some of them are doing worse stuff than grown folks. This man concerned about his brothers. Concerned about his family. And, and that's another thing. People are, and they go back, selfish. They're just concerned about me, myself, and I. They ain't concerned about nobody else. They ain't worried about who is doing what or, you know, how this is going to affect somebody. It's all about me right now. But one day, there's a reckoning day. How do we, uh, the biggest question is, you know, and I, and I think it always ring true is that, you know, how, how do we reach them in a way they get this understanding that there, there is a hell, there is a judgment, there will come a time when we have to so much pay the piper, you know, there's going to come a time, so how do we, you know, how do we present it or find, you know, these outlets or to make it aware and known enough was real enough because, you know, like I said, the goat, you know, Jesus is the goat. How do we put him out there? Because he said we shouldn't have to make him interesting. We shouldn't have to make him uh, a popular. Right. In any, any atmosphere. Right. Because he's already that in it. Exactly. Right. He is that, but he is highly overlooked as that. Right. Because everything now is more important or more interest, interesting than Jesus. You're talking about a man that's supposed to have been born of a woman that ain't never touched a man. Come on, man, how that happen? Right. That ain't real. Right. They ain't trying to hear that. If we can't, I, I, I honestly don't know the answer to your question. The, the, I'm sorry, the closest thing we can get to reaching them is possibly other young Christians. We, we've got to have some young Christians somewhere. I agree. I agree. I think I think one of the it's one way, uh, and Professor is something that you you do on a regular basis that first of all it has to be something that disturbs them in some some type of way. See when you disturb people in their comfort zone then you begin to get them to thinking that maybe there is something else besides the social media that I'm so involved in. Because it hasn't been that long, they might be thinking, it hasn't been that long that what you just said to me, that I experienced that uh, in a way uh, because my brother or my cousin or my friend just died just a few weeks ago. And what I'm relating to is the question that you always ask, Professor. When you walk up to him, what do you say? You would have died right now. If it was that right now, would you go to heaven or hell? Would you go to heaven or hell? It's not an offensive question. 
It's not a question that you should be ashamed of. It's a question of concern. And it's a question that will get them thinking when you walk into them and say, let me ask you a question right now. Out of all the people that's actually dying right now from COVID-19 and all these other variances that's going on, and, and I'll say, ask you a question. If uh, you were to die right now, would you go to heaven or hell? Where would you go to heaven or hell? See, right then at that time, you're going to get exactly how they think or how they view heaven and hell. It's possible. And I'll tell you the reason yeah. why. Within my line of work, I can't do that per se with Right, kids. right. Do I do that with adults. Right. But some of them, they have this knowledge as an information about heaven and hell. But they don't have knowledge about heaven and hell. Right. They know of it, but they don't understand what they know. Right. And that's with some adults too. I say this all the time, and it bothers me every time I go to a funeral, brother Sam. Rip. Just shout up twenty people. If you got shot and killed, they telling you to rest in peace. Again, everybody's not resting in peace. Just like this man, some people suffering in torment. Yeah, true. Well, not some, a lot. Yeah, a, but a, a, a lot, but a lot more going to suffer. Oh, yes, sir. A whole lot more because the Bible says narrow is the way mm. that leadeth to right. But broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. That One of my favorite scriptures is... Proverbs 16 and 25. Proverbs 16. Well, actually, it's repeated twice. Proverbs 14 and 12, and then Proverbs 16 and 25. Proverbs 14 and 12 said, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. People think their way is right. Our children think their way is right. Mm -hmm. And the reason that our children think their way, now when I say our children, I'm not saying all of them, but a, a good majority of them, because if you have never worked in the school system, you ought to be shouting and praising God right now. Because to work with children nowadays is a challenge within itself. And there are children who think that they are right because they are given permission by parents to behave the way they behave. And the parents do what they want to do and the children just copy what the parents do. But the Bible said there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. You think it's right for you to ignore God and only call him when you need something? That ain't right. You think it's right to put down the man of God because he or she messed up, man or woman of God because they messed up? That ain't right. You better be careful. The Bible said, let him that think he stand take heed lest he fall. The Bible said, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be dead. You better be careful because it could be you. There's a way that seems right, Brother Sam. People are, and people are on that narrow, I mean, on that broad road right now. Shoot, I was driving the bus with everybody on that. I was a passenger. I was a passenger on that broad road. Man, the thing about it is, though, and that's the thing I talked about, man, you have to have forgiveness, man. You have to come to God humbly. I mean, because sometimes even when people go through things, and, and it's, it's, it's tragic things, you know, but they still don't get it. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, how could you not get it? You know, because it took me over and over to get it. But the joy that came when I got it, well, not so much as got it, when I finally just threw up my hands, Lord, I don't know. How could you? Yeah. When you, that, how? When is the time? When, like the woman told me, when was enough? When was enough? But see, when you in it, and you really in it? You ain't thinking about coming out of it. It's too good. You think that, and this is where people are now. They think again. I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm living my. I'm living my best life. 
Right. If you're living your best life, then what is heaven going to be? best life now, then that means you have nothing to look forward to later. And those of y'all that believe in the YOLO mentality, mm -hmm. you only live once, that's a lie. You go live again. So you might want to try change your Y-O-L-O -O to Y-G-L-A. <laughs> you go live again. You know, we, we, we have to go back and Brother Sam, you were saying that in so many words, uh, just now that one of the reasons why people continue to live like that all the time because the Bible said that there's pleasure in sin for a season. For a season. I think you said it earlier, you know, when we talked about it for the question frame. Yeah, yeah. See, I did that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She talked about that and other yeah. stuff. When she said it was a principle, and I mean, she was right. That's the whole principle of it. One of the reasons why we sin and uh, and live the type of lifestyle that we live is because of the pleasure that we get from it. Because think about it. If you didn't get pleasure from doing wrong, sin, what would you do? Nothing. No, you're not going to do that. You're not going to waste your time on doing something that doesn't give you pleasure. That's why we do it. Because there's a certain amount of pleasure that comes from the very things that we're doing wrong. Because guess what it does? It satisfies the flesh. The flesh. It, 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 it does. Now, anybody that lie and say it don't, <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. Satisfies the flesh. And you, you, what, what was that thing you said? People stand up and tell that lie. I'm so, I oh, hate that I stayed in my sin so long. Yeah. Thank the Lord. This is this, this common. I want to thank the Lord today for saving me from a miserable life of, life sin. of sin. And uh, we said, okay, well, if it was so miserable, why'd you stay why'd in? You stay in? So, why? why? It, it, it was that bad. Now it might be miserable to you now, right? Because you see the difference between it how it was back then and it, how it is now. It, it wasn't miserable then, yeah, exactly. But before then, it was pleasurable because that's why you did. That's why you stayed as long. That's why I stayed. That's why church. I did. Yeah, that's why I stayed in church so long. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I, I knew if I came to church, I had to stop doing all that stuff I was doing. Exactly, and that's why you didn't want to come to church and uh -huh. or accept Christ because you knew right. that that was one thing. You didn't do that kind of stuff no more. So there is this built-in thing in us called conscience. Yeah. That lets us know the stuff we doing. Cause how many people that say, I know I shouldn't do this, but and I ain't even talking about all Christians. No, no, yeah. I know I shouldn't call her, but yeah. he out of town right now. Right. That but in there. But then it's always that, you know, God, you know my heart. You do, you know my heart. <laughs> we done talked about the heart too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know about that heart thing. Yeah, that heart. Yeah, we might have talked about that. Well, well, see, that, that says something about this man right here. He had a messed up heart. Yeah. When you got it going on and you see this beggar laid at your gate, and he just wants the crumbs from the bread that you washed your hands, I mean, clean your hands with, and you wouldn't even give him the crumbs. And watch this. The crumbs would have been dirty. He didn't even care about the crumbs being dirty. And most, well, he probably had a palace or something, but most houses had dirt floors back then. He just wanted the crumbs that one were dirty because you washed your hands, and secondly, they would have fell to the floor. He wouldn't even get a man dirty crumbs. You know he got messed up. Think about it. He wouldn't get a man dirty crumbs. Because those crumbs that he didn't want to give him was actually trash. Because to him he, it was. Yeah, it was actually trash. To him it was. Because he used the bread to wipe his hands on as if he was using a napkin. And so what do you do with a napkin after you wipe your hands on? You throw it. Oh. In the trash. So he was saying, I'm not even going to give you the trash that I have, Lazarus. It, 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 it's bad enough, I'm not going to give you 
the bread off my table or, 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 or anything else off my table. But I'm not even going to give you the bread that I used to wipe my hands on for a napkin, which was considered as trash. Because once I wipe my hands on it, it's no longer good to me. It's trash stuff. But I'm like, you don't even deserve that. So I'm not even gonna give you that. So he would have he would have accepted the trash. Yeah, he would accept the trash. And the trash would have been beneficial to him. Right. I'm gonna turn the corner and then I'm gonna come back here. Okay. There's somebody, female or male, has been being treated like trash. True. <laughs> but there's somebody that will take you and appreciate what you've been through. They would use what you've been through for your good or for their good. But this man said, you not even, uh-oh, here we go. He said, you ain't even worthy of my trash, but you worthy to bring me a, dip, a, a drop of water. Mm -hmm. There are some high-minded people in this room. There are some arrogant people that going to go to hell, too. Some arrogant people that's gonna bust hell wide because they thought it was about them. They thought this was all about them. Are these billionaires who are trying to get more and more money and people suffering? Mm. It's gonna be hard for a rich man to get into heaven. Not impossible, but hard. Oh, really? I'm I, I looking at uh, just a few torments and, 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 and notice the Bible uh, he doesn't name everything that's possibly going on there that we could be tormented from in here uh, because we, we have to keep in mind too that uh, he says that hell was not created for man but it was created for the devil in his name okay so man really not even supposed to be going there. And the only reason he goes there is because he chooses to follow the one that uh, God made for him. And, and, and we know that's Satan. But he talks about the torments here. He says the rich man went to Hades on dying or to hell. And he suffered the torments of burning. Mm. Suffered the torments of separation. He suffered the torments of loneliness. Suffered the torment of conviction by memory, and he suffered the torments of thirst. And this one, this the other one that gets me here. He said that he even suffered the torments of stench. Smell stinks down there. Because now, now hold, hold up, hold up, man. Burning, this, this, burning, burning flesh. This just hit me, man. Yeah, burning flesh. Now, if, if he's suffering the torments of stench, he's smelling burning flesh, like you said, but the flesh is not burning up. Exactly. And I've, I've often told people this, I say, now, in a way, how, how can a person be burning, not burn up? I the same way God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. If he can fix a burning bush that's on fire, and he says himself, the bush was not consumed. If the bush was not consumed, that means the bush was actually on fire, burning, it didn't burn but didn't burn it up. But here's the thing. Stop asking how can when God is God. Yeah, and that's the question. Yeah. Do you really believe that he's God? Because if you do believe he's God, then nothing is impossible with him. And you've often said, I if you can believe. The first four words? First four words in Genesis. In the beginning, God. You shouldn't have a problem with nothing else. Yeah, if you believe he did everything if else, that's it. Then first four, in the beginning, God. Don't question nothing else. Exactly. But even if they do question it, this is the thing about it. He he gave us, he provided this book for us to know him. To get to know him on a level of intimacy. Not not that intimacy between a man and a woman, but the intimate, the Bible, the, the, the phone book, the internet, any way you can pull it up to get it, yeah. he, he he's provided that to get to know him. They True. don't care about that book. They own this. They own these. They own this. Everything but God. 
People are not going to believe in them, some of them, until the rapture or they end up in hell. And some of them are not going to believe when the rapture comes. Oh, no. yeah. They're going to be like, man, how you do that? That's <laughs> <laughs> true. You know what? <laughs> Y'all do realize that all of this is by design. Yeah. Everything is by design. If it was designed to basically distract you away from what God meant for us to be involved in, what he meant for us to look at, what he meant for us to be doing in order to be the children that he wants us to be. Because, see, if God's children are not doing what we're supposed to do, then how do we expect for the people of the world to do what they're supposed to do? Because somebody's got to teach them. Somebody's got to witness to them. Somebody's got to go out into the hedges and the highways. So he's leaving all of this up to us to do exactly that. And, and as you said, every time we hear about this mass shooting that's going on, man, you, we, we, we've gotten sort of quiet on things now because uh, we don't want to involve ourselves and we just sort of kind of comfortable just staying away from stuff, you know. And, and I often wonder, how much does it really affect us when we hear what we just heard today? Of children. Somebody walked into the school. And, and I'm thinking that they were taking precautions for that now. The way they weren't going to let that happen. They know everything gets relaxed. Yeah. Everything gets relaxed. Yeah. Until something like that. Yeah. Right. But why would you relax something when you know it's uh, uh, it, it, it could happen? And or put it, why would we why would we relax on something that has become common? Because we don't think it's going to happen to us. See, that's that word there. Think. Yeah, we don't think it's going to happen. But you got all the evidence that it is happening and it's beginning to run rapid now. But see, it's the same thing. Excuse me for cutting you off. It's the same thing with like people dying and going to hell. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't people understand that people die every day and everybody don't go to heaven? Because they go so many days without it happening or without it happening to somebody that affects them. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. As long as it's happening in Texas and not in North Carolina, I'm good because it's over there and not over here. But when they get down to Georgia, it's a little close. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to think about it a little bit. Oh, we get to South Carolina, it's in the neighborhood. Well, let me think about it some more. And all this time, we're thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it, and nothing ever gets done. Mm -hmm. Because when it happened up there in Connecticut, every school should have gone to something. Yeah, should have. I mean, a little bit deeper, though. It's, it's, it's not happening there. That didn't happen in my grocery store. But do you control what's happening in your neighborhood? No, you, you don't. You, you, you. So, so the, uh, the chance of that happening could be very high. Yes. You don't know it. Exactly. You don't know it, but it could be very high that it could happen in your neighborhood. So, wouldn't it be as we do every day? Uh, why do you have insurance on your car? Because you might have an accident. Somebody might hit you. Somebody right. might. You right. only have a vehicle. car. You have insurance on your car just in case. Exactly, yeah. Let, let's put it just like that. I have even though I'm a good driver, I've been driving 40 years, haven't had any accident. You know, every accident I heard, I've had somebody hit me. I've never hit nobody. They hit me. All right? But I still got insurance on my car. Just in case. Just in case. See, that's the way we should live our lives like that, even with the school system. You know, and, and they know, okay, well, this has happened before, and we just, you know, we never suspected Johnny that he was looking at these kind of things on the internet. You know, we never expected Johnny that, you know, he was into guns and all this kind of stuff. See, that's the problem. They never expected it. But when you see 
things happening or people who do stuff that you never expected them to do, now you should be thinking, oh, it's expected now that it possibly could happen. So what do we do? You don't see the military dropping their guard because, oh, we might get attacked by some foreign country or something. You don't see them dropping their guard for that, do you? You see them always on alert. They always got radars and stuff saying, oh, okay, but something kind of unusual coming out of the east right there, you know. They're already prepared for that. They ain't sitting around with the guards down. You know, I mean, we ain't worried about Russia, what they're going to do. We ain't worried about the Middle East, that crazy cat over there in, uh, uh, what is it, Korea? We ain't worried about that. They ain't saying that. Them jokers, they ready on alert. And at, at, at a moment's notice, well, they ready. You want to know why they're not ready? They're not worried about it. Because they're comfortable, comfortable. And that's where people are today. They are comfortable doing what they do. They're not on alert. They're not ready. They don't have their spiritual radar on. They're living their life to the fullest. They're living their best life now. They're not thinking about dying. They think they're going to live until they get old to die. They don't think it's going to happen to them again. It's not your neighborhood, not my street, not my store, not my community. It's over there. Well, over there is quickly getting closer to here. Tornado ran through Charlotte and Cabarrus County last night. It ran through Alabama. I seen some of the trees torn down. Ran through Charlotte and stuff last night. That's getting closer. And the problem is, is that because Satan has blinded the mind of this world, their mind sees everything but the fact that the word of God is true. One day you got to leave here and you're going to have an eternal resting place or an eternal home. One of them you're not going to rest in. Said it before, I'll say it as long as I can remember. It's heaven or it's hell. You're going to miss one, but you're not going to miss them both. True. Let's bow tie this. All right. Brother Sam. Your bow tie is the wrap up. Give us your wrap up. Look into that camera and talk to somebody. It's been good to um, just sit down here at the table again. But my total um, wrap up of this is I'm going to call this um, the hell syndrome. Ooh. And the syndrome is a disease that affects people. And I would say this hell, Satan affects the mind. And it can even affect the body and so many other things of your life. So this syndrome that's, that's occurring and happening right now is real. Uh, and it's running rapid. And it's, it's consuming everything. And just like we said, just because it's not in your neighborhood or on your street or that close to you, it just might be, and you don't even realize it, or you don't even realize that you're this close to being right there in hell. You may not have another opportunity or given another chance, another day, and I think I took it from Dr. Mason, is I think he said it once before that, <clears throat> some, I, prayed, I prayed today because I knew that I needed to pray. Because I might not have the time enough um, throughout my busy day. Um, so you have to understand that time isn't really yours to determine or dictate that in an instant your life or someone close to you could be taken. So I think he also said, how slowful you know, are you going to be until you make that change? do something about the whole situation. So for me, with the brush with death and so many five different times in my life that I know it could have just been instantly taken away from me. Two gunshots being hit by two cars, overdose, um, and I'm 49. And just understand that 
God gave me many and many, many chances. And I'm here today to say that, you know, I can't do it any other way without him. Because of any of those moments, I know I've been in hell tormented now. But I have an opportunity now to say to you that take that moment to, to change and to welcome him in. Because this hell syndrome, I'm going to call it and come back to it again. I just sit here thinking how how helpless we are. something else or someone else is in control and we allow the someone or the something to control us but the biggest thing out of all of that is that you ought to be controlled by something uh, as Christians it's good to know that the supreme ruler is in control. And we don't have to worry about anything. But when I when I look at um, this thing of, of of God being in control, it shows me that I really don't have to worry. Because I know he got my best interests at heart. Uh, I will say I'm concerned more uh, about the things that seem to be out of control, uh, which we are going through now. Uh, and the reason why I'm so concerned about it is because I'm seeing a lot of people die without Christ. I don't know what everybody else is doing, uh, but I know what I'm called to do. Right. And I think once we begin to just do what God has called each and every one of us to do, we'll start seeing more things uh, change a little bit. And Bob already told us, you know, that as it gets closer to that coming day when, when Christ returns, uh, and things are not going to get there. You know, people, people are actually, they're under this false, uh, I, I guess some type of false impression that things are going to get better while we're here right now, in, in this day and time. But I don't teach that things going to get better. I teach that things are going to get worse. The only, thing, only time things are going to get better is when Christ finally comes back and sets up his kingdom you know, where we rule and reign with him in the new heaven, you know, in, in the new earth, things are going to get better then because he's going to make it straight. He's going to set everything right the way it's supposed to. But while we live in here, you can expect the things to get worse. And so since we understand that and know that things are going to get worse, we need to be about our father's business doing exactly what he's called us to do. And he's letting us know things are going to get worse, but get, I still got it. I'm still in control, even though you see things. Because he already said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So no matter how bad it gets, it's good to know that he's still in control. No matter how bad it gets, if you're in a storm, no matter how bad it gets while you're in that storm, it's good to know that he's in the storm with us. And as long as we know that, it should drive us to go ahead and press on, press on through the storm and press on through these bad times, you know, and, and do exactly what he's called us to do as Christians, and that is preach the gospel. We want to reach the lost. We want to keep the uh, 
rich man uh, syndrome, as you said, Brother Sam, the hell syndrome, where we want to keep the rich man and the, the poor man and uh, the beggar and, you know, whoever it is from going to hell. Well, we need to do what we're supposed to do. And that's to go out into the hedges and highways, compel men and women to come in. He's called us to take the gospel into the whole world. That's what he called us to do. And until we do that, people are going to continue to die and go to hell without Christ. So, as we always said, we may be the only Bible that they will ever read. And so people are waiting on us right now to bring the gospel word to them. And, and, and until we do that, you're going to continue to see these little incidents happening where people are shot. Devil's out there. He comes to do three things, and that's to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's doing his job very well. question we have to ask ourselves is how well are we doing that? Proverbs 11 and 30. King James Version said, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. <clears throat> All we doing sitting here is trying to call men, women, boys, and girls out of darkness into the marvelous light. And that light is Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, I wouldn't wait another minute to get to know him. Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This rich man finally got it, but he got it too late. <clears throat> Seasoned saints say, don't let it be said, everlasting too late. If I should die and my soul be lost, nobody's fault but mine. Won't be millers, won't be masons, it will be tillers. You gotta know the Lord for yourself. And you gotta determine whether. Like Reverend Mason asked last week, is it worth it? Are the pleasures of this world worth spending eternity in hell? Is that ungodly relationship you're in worth spending eternity in hell? Is whatever you're doing that's not like Christ worth spending eternity in hell? The answer is no. This man all of a sudden, after real, after state of consciousness, after state of conviction, became concerned about his family. Send somebody to tell them, don't come to this place. I preached this Sunday one time, a message from him. He wanted to send a message from him. If you end up in hell, that's it. All that suffering, physical, mental. I can't imagine. I don't like. I don't like pain. I don't like to burn my finger or my hand. But can you imagine just constantly burning and not burning? Can you imagine suffering with no relief? And you got to realize there are people going through that right now 
And the sad thing is, some of them are relatives. All of us got relatives in hell right now. And what's even sadder is that more of our relatives are going to go to hell. The thing we need to do is make sure we warn them. Make sure we do our part. That as long as we've done what God requires of us, that's all God requires of us. My brothers and my sisters listening to us on the night from Brother Sam Miller, Reverend John S. Mason, Reverend G. Lewis Tillman, we plead with you, please don't go to hell. Until next time, be blessed. God loves you and so do we. Let's end with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you again for another time to come and share with your people, dear God. God, we just bless you for what you have poured into us on tonight that we have poured out. I got again for the families of the 14 children and the teacher that was lost and even the young man, that the young one that perpetrated the crime. God, we pray you have mercy on those families. We pray for the kids that will be affected and the other teachers, dear God, and all the staff of that school and their families as well. God, we pray that your spirit would touch somebody's heart, convince, convict and convince them of the wrong they've done, and turn them around before it's everlasting to them. Thank you, God, again, for choosing us to be a mouthpiece for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.